0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Coming up this hour, we take you inside an investigation from ProPublica and the southern Illinois into alleged abuse at a downstate mental health facility. Plus, we hear from author Mohsen Hamid about his latest novel, The Last White Man. But first, more than 100,000 refugees fleeing the war in Ukraine are here in the U.S., A few weeks ago, we heard from the principal of St. Nicholas Cathedral School in Ukrainian Village, which is doing its part to help some of those refugees. Now, the school already has a large Ukrainian-speaking student body, and it's accepted 75 new refugee students since the war started. Now that school has started, we did want to hear how things are going for the new students and their teachers and the rest of their community. Joining us now is Anna Cirilli, principal of St. Nicholas Cathedral School. Anna, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Also, with us is Anna Savchinka, Education reporter here at w b e z Hi Anna Hi, Sasha. Now, your names are obviously very similar, so i'm going to be using last names and other identifier identifiers throughout the conversation just to avoid confusion for our listeners so starting with you, Anna Savchinka, you visited St. Nicholas on a school day. I'm curious what was it like?
1: um It was a regular school day. there were uh, running around um in the school auditorium um There were uh, posters on the walls, blue and yellow posters with slogans saying things like glory to Ukraine written on the walls that were made by students. Um, There was also a film gym teacher who was the mom of a student. uh, uh, She's a Ukrainian refugee who arrived um, earlier this year. Um, So while she's waiting for her work permit, she's uh, filling in and trying to volunteer and help the school as much as she can. So things have stayed the same, and Mm. they've also changed in significant ways.
0: We'll hear more from that parent in in just a little bit, but I want to turn to Principal Anna. What's this school year been like so far? How how are things different with 75 new students in the building? Yeah,
2: I mean, the number has been very fluid um we went from 75 and now we're down to 65 um but it's it's been uh an exciting start to say
0: the least what what Um, happened how did you why did you go down to 65
2: um so a lot of people either moved to the suburbs um we had several students graduate and go on to high school um and then we had some people even went back to ukraine over the summer uh or or some other european country so there's been some fluidity with that number. Uh, so right now we're at 65 it's Been well, a sort of a roller coaster.
0: <laughs> yeah. So were, were there students at one point that you even had to turn away?
2: Yes. Over the summer, uh, we started a wait list and we've been able to take some students off that wait list, but you know, being, um, a private school, a Catholic school with, with little resources, we try to keep our, uh, you know, our class sizes manageable and that's been a major focus going into this school year of, of what we know that we can handle mm-hmm. this school year based on the amount of staff that we have and the capacity at, to which we can support all, of this, all the students that arrive.
0: Well, talk to us more about what's happening in the classroom, because, I mean, we got to remember these Ukrainian refugees, they're still processing the trauma of, of living through a war. So how, how is that playing out at the school?
2: Uh, you know, there's good days, there's bad days. Um, there, there might be, you know, some days where a student is upset about something that regularly, you know, like I said before, they wouldn't be upset about that situation on a typical day. You know, a year ago, two years ago. Uh, so we see that we see that quite frequently. Um, you know, and again, we don't really know when to expect those sort of emotional um, outbreaks. I guess you could say, Um, but so we're, we're, you know, in terms of how we're supporting that uh, we do have counselors coming in on a regular basis and we're able to find, you know, one support that speaks Ukrainian. So, and English. So, so that will be available for the students for the
0: school year. Mental health support as well. That's mental health support specifically. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, I've heard Anna Savchenko things, are harder for the older students. Like the the middle schoolers, they have a better understanding of what's going on, right, and what war is. Um, talk more about what you think their unique challenges are.
1: Um. Well, as you said, it's understanding war is. Um, going back to the refugee mom, uh, for example, she decided not to tell her kid what war is. So not describing it, not showing any images of anything of that sort. Um, because once you say, okay, this is what war is, the kid asks, okay, can I see a a tank? Can I see something else? And then Mm -hmm. you have to go down that rabbit hole, and then that just creates uh, a fear or just more misunderstanding. And um, I think the older kids, uh, based on my uh, conversation with a teacher, a middle school teacher, um, they kind of sit with that anxiety maybe longer, but then also the language barrier is harder for older kids because they're cognizant of the fact that they have that language barrier and might have a difficulty yeah. communicating with teachers and and other students, um, while the little kids might be less aware and kind of just go with the flow. Yeah. Can you weigh in there, Anna Cirilli? Yeah, definitely, um,
2: Anya. I think you, you know, hit it on the head. Um, we, you know, some some ways that we might see that younger students um, express that anxiety uh, was, was, for example, there was um, a kindergarten student who, when he first arrived, was drawing just black pictures, like everything was black, smoky, you know, and then as time went on over the summer and, and going into the school year, there's, there's pictures with color. So that's just an example of the differences between the younger kids and not even trying to process everything that they saw, you know, for some of the students that came from like the Eastern part of Ukraine, they, they saw that, right. They saw the dark smoke, the tanks Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, so, um, but right with the older students, um, You know that's why we're we're doing a lot to try and support them in the classroom. We have people going in uh, and supporting them in the classroom, as well as like pulling them out with that um, additional academic support, Um, and then with the mental health support. I think that will be really impactful um, for their learning and just for their for their well being because they do hold on to that stress and and maybe um, you know maybe don't uh say how they're feeling or or, or Yeah, they have kind trouble expressing.
0: Explaining. Yeah. Right. Understandably. Understand-, understand exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is Reset. We are talking with Anna Savchenka, who covers education for WBEZ. She recently visited St. Nicholas Cathedral School, which just accepted seventy-five Ukrainian students. And also with us is the principal of St. Nicholas, Anna Cirilli. Um Anna, you mentioned talking to this refugee parent who volunteered to help at the school because she was just so grateful for the free tuition for her son and, and, and all the help that they'd been getting. So I want to play a little clip from your story, which uh, begins with her stepping in to teach a preschool gym class. My name is Osama.
1: Today I'm your gym teacher. I speak Ukrainian and English. Five, three, three, two, one. Okay. In a break between teaching gym classes, Vasilyanka said her son had a hard time at the beginning. He had tantrums, nightmares, he didn't eat well. Now, half a year later, he's adjusted to their new home. And to the fact that his dad is just an image on a phone screen, she hasn't told Sasha that his dad is on the front lines, clearing mines.
0: Tell us more about Oksana's story.
1: Yeah, so I met Oksana on the day that I was visiting Um, She her family comes from uh, a a town next to central Kiev. So it's uh, it's pretty uh, central. It's central Ukraine. And that's significant because a lot of the Ukrainians uh, that have lived or settled in Chicago before the war are from Western Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people that came from the central region are coming here without close ties, without families that are already waiting here with with open arms. So in some way, it's been even harder for moms like her coming to the States, um, especially because they're coming here alone. She came with her three-year-old son, Sasha. Her husband is on the front lines. And essentially... This school has been the resource the resource that they've been uh so reliant upon, and the school has helped her with everything from providing school supplies food um even helping her find an apartment when she, when she first arrived uh in march um but I think something that she mentioned that really stood out to me is that she wants to go back um even though that she, even really? though she's here and half a year later uh her son's um sort of the uh the negative emotions that he was displaying they've kind of um he settled in now she still wants to go back she still wants to return to the life that she used to live in Ukraine um but obviously that can change in any moment because uh her husband um clears minds that is yeah. an incredibly difficult job and just so incredibly difficult to process psychologically for her for sure um because wow. every every night she she calls him to check in to make sure that he's alive um but again she can't explain this to her kid her kid just sees the dad um through through the phone as an image on a phone screen and that's his conception of dad dad is a picture on a phone wow so
0: Wow, heartbreaking. Anna, Cerulli, this, it sounds like the school's really just become this hub for for parents and for families who are fleeing this war. But bringing in so many students, it's got to be taking a financial toll on on St. Nick's. So what help does the school need?
2: Yeah, we still need help with the tuition support. I mean, you can multiply, you know, what it costs to educate one student is roughly anywhere from six dollars to $7,000 per student, right? multiply that by 65. (laughs) We've had some generous people come out and support us, um, but we're not, we're not fully there yet. And, you know, we can't even, um, it's still, it's impacting the entire community because, you know, already we were an inner city Catholic school at roughly 60% low income. So, you know, we, we can't forget about those students. So, um we're working as hard as we can to make sure that we're covering the cost as much as possible for the for the new students that have arrived but mm-hmm. we're not there yet. So
0: well how should listeners who who are listening now and, and want to help how should they get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, the the probably the easiest way to get a hold of us is by telephone. You know, our number is um listed I think on your site, but it's also uh 773 773- Three eight four seven two four three, And when they call, they can explain that they want to support the refugees. Um, and, you know, any donation can be allocated specifically for the tuition um, costs that come with taking in those students.
0: Anna Safchenka, before I let you go, what are you going to be watching for as the school year progresses?
1: Uh, I'll be checking in uh, with Principal Cirilli, um, seeing how the students are doing, both the younger kids and the Older kids um, uh, continuing to um, keep tabs on how, you know, their trauma is affecting their, their education and how their just learning is going as they're learning uh, a new language and learning to adjust to life in a completely different country. Um, so those are Make some changes things that we're going to keep tabs on.
0: Anna Savchenka is an education reporter for WBEZ. We've also heard from Anna Cirilli, who's the principal of St. Nicholas Cathedral School in Ukrainian Village. Thank you both.